I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. We have quite the treat for you today, and Ryan's going to tell us a little (laughs) bit about it. So we're doing something a little bit different today. Um, As probably a lot of you heard, on February 9th, I believe, uh, Disney announced they would be closing Blue Sky Studios, which was originally part of Fox, and they received it in part of the merger. Um, For a couple reasons, we'll go into why here. And so we decided that would, this would be a good time, uh, you know, to, to, I don't want to say celebrate the closing, but kind of honor a, a, another big studio in animation and talk a little bit about that. Partly because uh, this may just be me, but I we've been thinking a lot lately about what we're going to do with the podcast after we run out of Disney movies. Which is still going to be a little while. Yes, but... we've got a lot of time, probably a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the things I've been looking at is other animation studios, other animated movies, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought one way to kind of look at that and see how we would do that would be to do a non-Disney movie like this. And so we will be doing 2015's The Peanuts movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly for a couple reasons. Number one is I think it looks delightful. We both talked about wanting to see it when it came out. Uh, it's, you know, Peanuts has an old history, uh, going with it. So yeah, so we're going to do that today. Uh, Tara, I think has some of the mm-hmm. history. We kind of, this is an interesting one cause we separately went off and studied specifically two different things. Yeah. And it's a little bit different than what I usually do. Yes. I mean, I deep dive and some facts and history, uh, but I have kind of how the Peanuts came to be. I have a little bit about Charles M. Schultz, so I will just share a little bit of that. Can I ask one question about Charles Schultz before you go into it? Sure. Or, or Schultz or something like I that? I thought it was Schultz, but I could be wrong. There's no T in it. It's just... It's, it's, oh, then maybe I've always said it wrong in my I head. I think I'm the same way. Now, the only reason I know is because I watched The Making Of. And how and do they say it? Schultz. Schultz. Okay. Um, but also... I'll try to say it that did way. Did you then. come Schultz. across the idea that he, he goes by Sparky? No, I didn't get that. Like his his non-professional, because I'm watching... I feel like I've heard that, though, somewhere. Probably. I've watched The Making Of, and they kept saying, you know, Sparky used to do this, and Sparky... And they don't introduce, like, who they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I was like, who's Sparky? What are you talking about? And then I I looked up, and yeah, it's Charles M. Sparky Schultz. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) So... Uh, so what I looked at first was kind of the history of the Peanuts cartoon and the comic strip and how it came to be. So it was a daily Sunday American comic strip written and illustrated by Charles M. Schultz. Go for it. That sounds good. Is that right? We're trying our best here. Okay. Apologies to our our German listeners. So the daily comics started in October 2nd, 1950. And the Sunday comics started in January 6, 1952. And then they end it, uh, the Sundays end it, oh, excuse me, the dailies end it January 3rd, 2000. And the Sunday comics end it February 13th, 2000, because he passed away. Mm. So that's kind of what happened. And I've got a little bit about that as well. 
Um, but then they continued in reruns afterwards. So they reran um, older versions and, and different things like that. So, Did you see the first Peanuts comic? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to encourage like, listeners. I hate Charlie Brown. <laughs> I was going to encourage listeners to look at it because his drawings are a little bit different than like what you mm-hmm. come to know. Um, you know, they kind of adapt over time. So if you are interested in this and interest, and we'll try to post maybe some of those early ones on the Facebook page, but well, I, I'm going to try and post the first one. Did you see the actual very first one? I think I saw it, but I didn't read it because it's, I was looking through, I was more just glancing at it. So I didn't actually read the comic. It's itself. Charlie Brown walking by and like two kids on, if I remember correctly on a hill, they go, there goes Charlie Brown, the newest kid in school. There he goes, blah, blah, blah. And the last panel is boy how i hate him and it's like this very strange like it's 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 now is that the first one or is that when he introduces charlie brown i thought is that the first i think that's the the first comp peanuts yeah okay well i've got a history of what came before peanuts so let me go talk about a little bit more facts and things um, so they say that the Peanuts cartoons is one of the most popular and influential comic strips, and it has 17,897 strips that were published in all. By the time he passed away in 2000, it ran in over 2,600 newspapers with a readership of over 350 million in 75 countries, and it's been translated into 21 languages. So I found that really interesting. Um, I did want to read, uh, I took a screenshot of it so I could read the whole thing, uh, for listeners, but when, um, right before he passed away, uh, this is what appeared. So on February 13th in 2000, it was the day after, uh, he passed away. The last ever new peanut strip ran in the papers And it was three panels long, and it begins with Charlie Brown answering the phone with someone on the other end, presumably asking for Snoopy. Charlie Brown responds with, no, I think he's writing. The next panel shows Snoopy Snoopy sitting at his typewriter with the opening to a letter addressed to dear friends. The final panel features a large blue sky background over which several drawings from past strips are placed. Underneath those drawings is a colorized version of... Schultz, 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 how do you say it? Just go with Schultz. I mean, it will. Schultz, uh, January 3rd strip with almost the same note he wrote to fans. So this is what it reads. Dear friends, I've been fortunate to draw Charlie Brown and his friends for almost 50 years. It's been the fulfillment of my childhood ambition. Unfortunately, I am no longer able to maintain the schedule demanded by a daily comic strip. My family does not wish peanuts in quotes to be continued by anyone else. Therefore, I am announcing my retirement. I've been grateful over the years for the loyalty of our editors and the wonderful support and love expressed to me by fans of the comic strip. Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy, how can I ever forget them? And so that was written January 3rd. He passes away about a month later. Wow. So that was written because he no longer could do the dailies, keep up with that schedule, and then they uh, re-published it as kind of the last one when you, he passed away. Do you have a favorite Peanuts character? I like Lucy a lot because she's real snarky. She's mean, but, uh, <laughs> and... Can you guess mine? I think I liked Peppermint Patty a lot, too. Oh, I love Peppermint Patty. Who is yours, uh... P- 
pig pen? Yes. I was, I was like moving like he was like I was dirty. Uh, trying to think of it because he's always <laughs> wait. Well, because he's always you were just around. rubbing your shoulders left and right. Because he's always rolling around and kicking up dust clouds. So that's what I was. I don't like, think he's trying ever to... rolling around. He just oh. walks around and there's dust around him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so a couple other facts I wanted to share, and then um, I want to talk about like how the comic strip came to be. But uh, the Peanuts cartoon, the it helped cement the four-panel gag strip as the standard in the United States. And together with merchandise, it earned him more than a billion dollars. Yeah. So lots of money. Uh, The TV specials, there have been several, but the two that were most notable is Charlie Brown's Christmas. And that was, uh, it aired for the first time on December 9th, 1965, and it won an Emmy when it came out. And then the other one that was a pretty big deal uh, was It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And that debuted October 27th, 1966, so the next year. And it was nominated for an Emmy, but it did not mm. win. And then I know now there's other specials as well, but those were usually the two big ones, and they continue to air. And I guess the other big thing to mention is this year, Apple took They're over. only on Apple. Yeah. Well, I feel like they were on Apple Plus or Apple TV or whatever. It's yeah, called. I read of something about it. And then it, everyone but... made such a big stink. They went, "You can watch them for free," because that's also a good idea. Like, okay, I'll watch them on here, and then and maybe then I'll you're see on something that else platform. I want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a musical, "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown," and mm. I had a friend, uh, a fellow guest, uh, who Jeremy was in a, a production of it. Oh, I'm pretty who did sure. Jeremy play? I don't remember. I'm a bad friend. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure he was in it. I'm pretty sure I went to see, I went to see someone in it. I'm almost positive it was him. I'll have to text him and ask him. Um, but it, uh, opened in 1967 off Broadway as a musical comedy. It then was on Broadway in 1971 and in between there, it was at other theaters. And then in 1999, it was revived on Broadway and in 2016, it was off-Broadway in a revival. So it's been on tour and lots of other things in between those years mm-hmm. as well. So here's kind of the origins of the comic strip. So uh, he started writing a comic called Lil Folks, L-I apostrophe L Folks. And it was a weekly panel cartoon in his hometown newspaper. And he grew up, I think, in Minneapolis. He grew up in Minnesota, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, I know he's born in Minneapolis, so I don't know if he grew up in a smaller town in, in Minnesota or what. Uh, but it was similar to the Peanuts, and it's the first use of Charlie Brown uh, had a dog that looked like the early 50s version of Snoopy. So that's kind of uh, how it started. And he submitted the cartoons to the United Features Syndicate, or UFS. And so there was a lot of a debate because there was already a comic called Little L-I-T-T-L-E Folks, and it was like from the 30s. Mm. So he said he wanted to change it to Lil Folk. L-I apostrophe L Folk. To try to avoid that. And the production manager of UFS. They basically kind of got into this debate. And the guy who had the comic strip of Little Folks. Mm. I think winded up. I don't know if patent. Patent isn't the right term for this. Copyright. Trademark maybe. Or copyright. Yeah. He went ahead and did that with the name. And so the manager... The production manager said, we really need to kind of avoid it altogether, this name. And so he said, you know, Howdy Doody is such a big deal right now and it's so popular. And the kids that are seated are seated in the peanut gallery and they're referred to as peanuts. I was hoping you would explain why it's called peanuts. So yeah, so so that's where the term came from and the name and 
Schultz, he hated the name. He absolutely hated it. He didn't want it. Like, he really was kind of forceful about not wanting that to be the name. And apparently it was a source of irritation for him throughout his entire life that Mm -hmm. he did not care for the name of the comic. And it makes sense. Like, it wasn't his name. He didn't choose it, you know? Um, And so he felt that it only made sense to call it that if there was a character in the comic called Peanut, and there wasn't. So his thing was like, there's no character, like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. You know, so he was like, there's no character called Peanut. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, so the day it was syndicated, apparently a friend of his went to um, a vendor to get a newspaper and asked, do you have a paper that carries peanuts? And the vendor says, no, and we don't have one that carries popcorn either. <laughs> so it's just kind of an example of like the confusion with it. must have been it. on the East Coast. That Probably. sounds like a very... <laughs> but it just gives an example of the confusion with the name until it became so popular that everybody knows what you're referring to yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he was asked, like, what do you do for a living? Or, you know, he wouldn't say, I write the comic strip Peanuts. He would say, I draw a comic strip with Snoopy in it. Or mm. I draw Charlie Brown and his dog. Like, he would never refer to it as the name. Uh, and in 1997, I think he would wanted to do it before 1997. But in 1997, he wanted to change the name to Charlie Brown. Um, and multiple, I think he had multiple requests even before 97. And at that point it would have caused so many issues with licensing Mm -hmm. because there were so many different types of merchandise and movies and all these things out um that that's why they never did it right right. so that's why that never happened so i've just got a couple things about the legacy of peanuts uh since 1968 giant balloons of snoopy charlie brown and woodstock appear in the thanksgiving day parade so that is a long-standing tradition it's funny to think of how pervasive they were in this in the pop culture do you remember, you might be too young for this, the, uh, um, you might have something on this, the Snoopy uh, snow cone maker? No, but I was just going to, as soon as you said, do you remember, I was going to say, I wonder if he's going to talk about the snow cone maker. Do you remember so I didn't look at it, but yeah, I I think one of us used to have one or a friend used to have yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I, I know I didn't own it, but I feel like somebody I grew up with. Like, I'm it. not a big, I, I like peanuts, but like, I, I, especially when I was a kid, I didn't really care for it that much. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I got to get that snow cone yeah. maker. And I don't know if it's a good snow cone maker. I, who knows? But it's just the thought of how pervasive they are. I hadn't thought about the Macy's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, balloons and forever. And as soon as you said, I'm like, oh yeah, they are in that. It's, yeah. And what's interesting here is a lot of the facts I have come from the year 1968. So I don't exactly know why this year was the year that a lot of these things were a big deal. I mean, Mm. I guess the specials had come out, what did I say, 65 and 66, I think, or thereabouts. Yeah. Or 67, where the television specials. So I guess maybe that's why um, that they became even more popular. But uh, the other thing is the Snoopy personal safety Snoopy is, excuse me, the personal safety mascot for the NASA astronauts. Did you know that? No. Since 1968. uh, And NASA issues a silver Snoopy award to any employee or contractor who promotes flight safety. That's so weird. Is it because he's Red Baron. But you also remember he's like, he was the the mascot for MetLife for a long time. Mm It's, it's just yeah. such a weird, like... The other thing... Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is... I feel like it just became so iconic so quickly, and then he was used for so many different things. 
So I just showed Ryan a picture, and we'll be sure to post it on the Facebook page, but the other thing where Snoopy is connected with NASA is there was a black and white communications cap, and it carries the audio headset for astronauts. And again, this has been worn since 1968. So again, the moon landing was 69, so that's probably the other reason for 68 with some of this NASA stuff is because they were like mm-hmm. gearing up to go to the moon, I guess. Uh, but they refer to it as a Snoopy cap because it's black and white, and it does look like Snoopy. So we'll post yeah, a picture yeah, yeah. of that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is there was something called Peanuts on Parade in St. Paul, Minnesota in 2000. And they placed 101 five-foot-tall statues of Snoopy throughout the city of St. Paul. They were eventually auctioned off. So I don't think you can go and find these statues in the city of St. Paul anymore because mm-hmm. they were auctioned off for charity. However... Uh, there are permanent bronze statues of the characters in downtown St. Paul. So if you ever find yourself in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, definitely look out for those statues because they're <laughs> apparently downtown. So that is pretty much all I have. Um, so let me go into Blue Sky real quick. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know which one Blue Sky is, they're the ones who've done all five Ice Ages. Rio, Ferdinand, Epic, Robots, Horton Hears a Who, most recently Spies in Disguise. Um, if, if the Ice Age movies alone have grossed over $3.2 billion. Oh, wow. At that's the, at the box office. Oh, that, just at the box office. Yes. Wow. Well, that's what they said. I also Maybe. didn't realize there was five of them. Yes. And they're, 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 I just remember the first two, like, coming out. I never watched them. But. Well, the first one, um, you know that's an Academy Award nominated movie. Did you know that? No. So that's, that was kind of their out of the, uh, so let me go through the history. They were founded in 1987 when their employee, Magi, which was one of the visual effects studios behind Tron, uh, shut down. And then they started doing a bunch of commercials and things like that. And that was kind of their big start. They did laxative commercials. Uh, they de- they were the first people to develop, a comp- eventually later, a computer animated M&M. Oh. Um, they did over 200 commercials. Um, and do you mind me asking... They came, kind of came after Tron, you said, but was there a purpose for them originally, or did they just kind of do projects here and there and things like that? So I guess their goal was to do something bigger, but apparently when they first started in 1987, the big thing they were into was seeing how light diffuses, how to get light going through ice, water, things like that, oh. which will eventually come to help them when they make their first movie, mm. Ice Age. But they just start doing commercials and stuff. You know, the same stuff that that company was doing before Tron. Is okay. They were doing commercials like that. Um, they did a movie. They did a bunch of uh, partnerships with other movies for animation. Their first big one was, uh, did you ever hear of the movie Joe's Apartment in 1996? Mm-mm. It was an MTV movie and it was about uh, a guy who lived in a really, really terrible apartment. And like the roaches could talk to him. Or he oh. had a... He had a I think he had a, a dream sequence where they came out. They did like a nineteen like twenties like all of them diving into the toilet like boo like one of those mm-hmm. old like da, da, like a kick number yeah. And they did that. Um, you might know some of their other work, which included the sliding penguin from Fight Club. Oh, okay. And the talking fish from The Sopranos. Oh my gosh, they so did that. They did a bunch That's of that so stuff. That's so funny. Um, then they but during that time they were kind of working on a short film. That kind of culminated and came together in 1998. Uh, they released it. It was called Bunny, and it won the Oscar for for uh, short film. Oh wow! What was the what was the film again? It was called Bunny. Bunny. You just said that. Sorry. I, I don't remember. I don't remember that one either. It was okay. also 1998. So this led to them getting 
uh, starting to work on Ice Age that got released by Fox in 2002, and it got nominated for an Academy Award, which put them on the map with the other two at the time, which were Pixar and DreamWorks Animation were the other two big computer animated studios in town. And at this time, Disney doesn't own them. Or they do own them. They're releasing their things, but I don't think they own them flat out. Okay. They don't think they own them at this point. So uh, they've been nominated for other Academy Awards, mostly for shorts. Rio was up for Best Original Song. And then Ferdinand was was up for Best Animated Feature, starring <clears throat> WWE champ John Cena. Mm. And um, yeah, so they have had like a good history. They've, they've brought in money. And Disney ended up, I think in 2019, bought Fox which included Blue Sky Studios. Um, and then this February 9th, Disney decided to close them. They, blame, they they are saying a lot of it has to do with trying to keep three feature film animated studios open during COVID has been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's there's also the idea of Disney kind of retaining everything. Like Blue Sky is an East Coast production studio and like they want to put everything on the West Coast and... Now, did some of those employees get absorbed into the other companies, or were they flat out just let go? Well, so, I mean, there's... If you've ever been part of a big corporate entity, there's always the talk of, we spoke to everybody and tried to get them jobs everywhere else, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. They did the same thing here, where they said they would interview everybody for positions that... That were open? Yeah, but... They didn't have 400 plus positions. for And it's during the pandemic, so yeah, they so probably it, are cut back anyway. It, it kind of sucks. That's unfortunate. It's, it's very unfortunate. Um, now, did they have anything in the works? Were they working on something? Yes. So there's apparently uh, rumored that there's... A, I, I don't know if it's rumored. It may still be going forward with another studio. But... Um, wow. Sorry, I'm just looking at the Peanuts thing. Trombone Shorty apparently does a voice in this movie. Oh, fun. I like... Did you know he has a children's book? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Blue Sky... one. Of, so, there's a rumor that they're still... They were working on an Ice Age series for Disney+. Plus, oh, okay. Which still may be going forward, I think. And then they were working on something called Nimona, uh, which was based on a fantasy webcomic. Uh, about a shapeshifter, which I think a lot of people are excited for. Uh, it was supposed to come out in about 10 months, mm. which if you know animation, that means it's pretty far along if it's coming out yeah. in 10 months. Like, I mean, they've probably been working on it a couple years. So to hear that it just got shut down. That's frustrating. That's really yeah. frustrating. I feel like that's similar to your industry when something kind of got shut down yeah. close to when there's a release date. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, things take a while to, to happen in video games and animation and all this. So, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what will happen with that. I don't know if someone will pick it up and finish it. But, yeah. So, that's pretty much the history of Blue Skies real quick. Uh, if we want to talk a little bit about this movie, which we want to get to the movie. So, let's do that. It came out in 2015. Top three movies that year. Star Wars, Force Awakens, Jurassic World, and Furious 7. Oh, my god! So, like a combination of like $6 billion worth of, yeah. <laughs> of whatever. And, again... Um, action like heavy very specific you know films that are have huge fan bases yeah for those top three um this one is produced by paul feig do you remember paul oh, feig yeah. from the office mm-hmm. and, the, and uh, the, the new ghostbusters and that yeah. stuff um they used a ton of charles schultz reference um like they sh- they showed they had all they kept going to the museum like 
I I will put this making of up, but the amount of detail they go into with this, because if you look at how Peanuts is done, it's definitely not a 3D medium. It's never supposed to look 3D. It's always very flat. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to redo that on the screen. And they do that a certain ways. Like they started realizing uh, Peanuts characters really only have six positions they stand in. Mm, it's like yeah. left, right, forward, back, kind of three-fourths, kind of three-fourths. So in this movie, they'll snap to those positions. They don't like slowly animate. They're like walking, but they're kind of walking facing this way but walking to the left yeah um and they snap between frames to stuff and it gives it a really cool animation they're uh they're they have a lot of the they they draw like when they're spinning they draw legitimate like lines around them to show that they're spinning they don't just spin them they uh they started talking about well how do we make sure that we make uh Charles Charlie Charles Brown is almost what I said. <laughs> Charlie Brown's eyes when he looks left and right because all he has is dots. Mm-hmm. So they did this thing they called the sixes and the nines, which is where when he looks left and right, his eye looks like a six mm. or, or or like a backwards six depending on where he's looking because that was something they did. And when he looks up, it's a it's a backwards or frontwards nine. That's so cool. watch out for that when he like lets his extreme look around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff where like there there's like they'll animate like multiple snoopies on screen to show movement mm-hmm. like he'll just burst like so it's supposed to look like the a comic, comic. And, and now are there oh sorry go ahead oh you go ahead are there any famous voices that we should listen for now i just looked and i saw that uh one of i, I didn't realize he was in this but one of a a uh um Musician I like trombone shorty is in this i don't oh yeah you just said that i don't know well, why my I brain figured is we today cut, we cut it um, Kristen Chinoweth is apparently in it. I don't know, like, a lot of these other people, so we'll see. Like, I, I gotta be honest, we don't, I don't know a lot about this one. Um, is Kristen Chinoweth Sally? Maybe. I don't know. We'll oh, have it doesn't to look. say. I didn't look. I just saw a list of who was in oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll put, let me do one more thing and then we'll get into the movie. Uh, they, the artists were so insistent on carrying out this. Uh, Charlie, this Charles Schultz style that they had something called Van Pelt University. Do you know who Van Pelt is? I don't. I think it's Lucy's last. No, yeah, Lucy. Lucy's the one who pulls the football away, right? Yeah, I don't think I ever knew Lucy's last name. It's Lucy Van Pelt. And it was the two-week boot camp. If a new animator came on, they would go, <laughs> this is, they would, they had all this stuff. And it was this whole thing where it was like, they called feet, the, the feet breakfast. And it was when he draws feet, they look like one of three things. They look like sausage, mm-hmm. they look like an egg, yeah. or they look like, I forgot what the third thing was. A football? I no, guess not really else. a football. But they talk about how his arms look like chicken wings, and they've got like just pieces, and they go, you can't have it. This is how far their eyes are from their nose, and that's how they look like this. Mm-hmm. And then they would go, okay, here's a comic. Animate that comic. Wow. And that was, they had like a, like a, like a, a final exam I at really Van like, University. I like that they paid... They paid so much attention to detail and paid tribute to him and didn't, like, they didn't change it, right? Because that was, like, when you, when I read that letter, like, his family didn't want anyone else to take over this comic. They wanted it. So I like that with this movie, they tried as best they could to make it look like he drew it. And I think right, that was, I think that's really. I think there's something special about that. Well, I, I, I remember very honestly when I heard it was coming, being like, mm, and then seeing the trailer and being like, this looks like, they because they studied Charles Schultz and they studied the animated features. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things they studied. Yeah. And 
I'm I after watching the making of I'm excited to watch it. I I you know hopefully if you're at home you've watched some of this and, and are excited to see it too. Are are you ready to check this out? We've been going I, a little bit. I am. The only thing I'm gonna put out there for the listeners is if you are a huge Peanuts fan, I think the uh, the queen. Of our fan club, or our yes, fan club our, manager, our, 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 our vice, our uh, of vice president of our, our fan yes, club. Yes, of Facebook fan club, uh, Steph, I believe she is a huge Peanuts fan. So if there's anyone else out there who is, and you know, you have facts, or you have funny stories, or maybe you have a favorite comic, maybe you have a favorite comic strip, or if you remember reading them in the Sunday paper. I was mm-hmm. a Calvin and Hobbes girl, so I can remember <laughs> um, with my uncle, that's who I usually read them with, uh, we always looked for the the Sunday comics and we read Peanuts as well but we always looked for the Calvin and Hobbes one when it came out so I would just welcome those stories if you listen to this episode I just loved uh to hear those stories on the Facebook page and I know we're jumping ahead to 2015 so this is going to sound really weird but let's take this one out of the clamshell yeah and stick it in the VCR (laughs) (laughs) uh and we'll see you on the other side listeners And we are back, listeners. Uh, I guess first we'll kind of just talk about how we felt about it, but it was a really sweet It's very charming. Film. Yeah, and I laughed a lot, and it really gave you that nostalgia if you've watched any of the specials, the, the Christmas or the Thanksgiving special, as well as, or the Halloween special, I guess it is. But there is a Thanksgiving one, too, I think. But yeah, it gave you that nostalgia for that, uh, if, if you liked those along the way. We had a few voice facts that we wanted to share and we also wanted to share that you can find it on disney plus so if you are looking to watch it it's on disney plus i'm curious if all the blue sky stuff is on disney plus and i'm gonna take a look real quick so ryan's gonna look we were excited about trombone shorty which you should check him out he's great uh we've seen him perform live he's awesome but we were talking about how he's a voice in this and we didn't put it together he's (laughs) all he's not i mean he's a voice but it's not him it is him yes he's all the adults the want was (laughs) with yeah with a horn uh so we i lost my mind the second it happened because i'm like who is he and it said on the thing like miss otmar yeah who's miss otmar and then the teacher started talking at the bottom of the screen because we usually watch these with uh subtitles subtitles we get all the info it said miss otmar and i was like oh my god and And it was never not funny when we heard it. it was so good so the other voice we wanted to talk about is we saw kristen chenoweth and i had assumed she was sally uh, she was not Sally. She was Fifi, who is Snoopy's love interest during the whole Red Baron story that kind of comes in and out through the movie. And she doesn't have any lines. And she maybe makes like a handful of like oohs or coos along the way. She just sounds like Snoopy. It's like, it's yeah, like but very voice. limited to what Snoopy did and we compared to Snoopy. We couldn't figure out why, but then looked it up. She was Sally in, she won a Tony, I think it said, for Sally. I believe so, yeah. In the 1999 revival of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. So I think that that's why she was in it, which is a kind of a cool connection. I also read on here they were talking about, they gave your whole fact. This is me looking at IMDb while we're watching a little bit. They gave your whole fact about uh, why he didn't want it to name Peanuts. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this is the only time Peanuts appears like as a title it's called the peanuts movie oh i see yeah yeah, yeah. so it's always that's why all the specials were 
Merry Christmas, Charlie yeah, Brown. Yeah, I mean, blah, that blah, makes blah, sense. Charlie yeah, Brown. yeah. Mm-hmm. because he didn't want it to be called that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to dive in. We're not going to go super detailed. I have a lot of details written, things we liked along the way. Um, but I really recommend you just watch it. It was really great. It's, it's very pleasant. It's also a movie I feel like if you watch half of it and pause it and go do something else and come back, it's fine. It's Yeah, like, and you kind of follow the kids throughout the year, but it starts in the wintertime and we're having ice and snow out here and most of the country oh uh, God, is having yeah. a snowstorm right now. I think it's Yuri is the snowstorm. Uh, so it kind of was like it felt like very cozy the way it started out and right. with the weather we've got going on. Um, but one thing that we absolutely loved in the beginning is even before the movie starts, uh, the 20th Century Fox logo and music comes on and Schroeder is playing it on the piano. So that was really cool. Uh, and then um, you hear almost like a marker or a pencil draw the horizontal line above and below. And so it looks like they're drawing the comic strip in the very mm-hmm. beginning. And then the ice skating song from the Christmas special comes on. And uh, it's snowing, and then that's when the title for the Peanuts movie shows up. One of the things I thought was cool going back to drawing the cartoon is every time they have a, um, every time they're representing a thought or like a dream sequence, it's drawn. It's hand drawn like the cartoon. Yeah, and they're thought bubbles, which doesn't happen often, but they're the cartoon, like the drawings within it. Uh, I wanted to look up something to make sure I get it right. By the way, just looking up, it looks like they only have one. I think the last Ice Age movie is on here. I think they have Ferdinand. I think there's some of the other ones are on here, but I, Ice Age must be tied up with something. It's just also interesting because I entered Ice on Disney Plus and I can see Mickey Mouse on Ice, which I'm curious what that short is. Then there's something for Bobby Iceman from the X-Men series. Hmm. Disney Plus is just an interesting It thing. is, yeah, depending <laughs> on what you search. Um, so all the iconic music comes into play here a little bit, and I never say this trio's name right. I v- wanted to say the Vincent LaGuardia, which is not correct. No, and then I wanted to say Vince Vivaldi, and that's also not correct. You're closer, I think. Uh, Vince Ger- Gerdaldi, trio G-U-A-R-A-L-D-I. Mm-hmm. I don't the, know how to say that. The ones who play, you know, Schroeder's theme. Yeah, and- this the ice skating song that I mentioned, the classic charlie brown theme we hear that um the snoopy theme kind of is i don't know if that's what it's called but that's always how i refer to it so um we see woodstock and snoopy in the snow and then we're introduced to all the kids who are sleeping and sally gets a phone call uh to let her know that it's a snow day so all the kids are super excited do you remember like i was reading this on a meme somewhere it was like new kids will never understand the getting up early and like listening we used to in texas listen to the radio and be like these are these counties that are the schools call off and we'd be like colin colin yeah colin. for <laughs> us it was the radio and the, sometimes the local television station you'd read the scroll at the bottom yes of the and they like it would scroll each school and if you if you saw it go past like because it usually was an alphabetical yes, order but if yeah. it went past your letter you're like mm-hmm. no well and the other thing is too for us it's that always you wake up and the first thing you do is look outside to see yes. if it's snowing or not and i feel like that happened more for me than it would happen for you in texas well and as I kind we're of seeing feel, here if well, it gets icy of, at all they call it all i kind of feel bad for kids this year in texas we've had snow twice now in in the area where we live and i don't know that they've had snow days if they've been virtual learning so yeah. that's kind of a bummer um but anyway 
the kids all wake up. They celebrate a snow day. The Snoopy dance, which we didn't mention, but that's another very iconic thing. You know, we see him do that throughout. He's super excited. Charlie Brown wants to fly a kite in winter, and, you know, all the kids think he's crazy, and why is he doing that? And he refers to the kite-eating tree, which you remembered. I did not. Um, And you see all the, like, broken kites that have been up in the tree. Well, it gets stuck in a tree that's full of of snow, and then he slides into it, and all the snow comes up. And it reveals reveals all the kites. Yeah, all the kites. One thing I wanted to say a little bit about this that I think, like, makes this different than most Peanuts movies. It still feels very Mm Peanuts-y, if that's a word. (laughs) But um, it's much quicker. Like, there's a lot of, like, I feel like Peanuts, like, it is joke, 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 joke. Kind of like a newer like i don't think your kids will get bored with this it's got the same pace i think as newer animated specials but it's yeah still got that peanuts feel and it's also all the older material of yes peanuts. and i liked i love the bit where what's his sister's name lucy is lucy sally sally is chasing linus and she gets the hearts above her head mm-hmm. but then she gets whipped or she's on ice skating and she gets whipped around and she goes into a snowbank but then also the hearts go into the snowbank yes yeah and make the holes there's yeah and there's hearts cool with things. charlie brown when he falls in love with the redheaded girl they're and they're all similar. hand drawn mm-hmm. again like a bunch of the animation yeah. looks, like the the effects for their feelings and emotion looks hand drawn yes too. yeah um and so I also wrote here, Linus's voice out of all the voices feels like the most similar and Snoopy's, but we found out something specific about Snoopy's voice, but Snoopy is all repurposed uh, from, voice from previous stuff, which it's, I think is really cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, Linus sounded so similar to the original um, person who did his voice. So that was really interesting. Um, so Charlie Brown gets tangled all in the string. They're all ice skating at the rink. And that's where you hear the Peanuts theme song, the song, the theme that kind of everybody knows or the Snoopy song, I feel like it's sometimes mm-hmm. called. Um, and I love Woodstock on the Zamboni. And <laughs> later on, we see him with a snowblower. Uh, yeah, yeah, cleaning out his, his nest. nest. So Woodstock has a lot of comedic effect here, which I think he does in the, Snoop- the comic strips as Snoopy well. Snoopy does too. Like yeah. Snoopy's really funny, like and legitimately funny. I think he funny. was in the, in the comic strips yeah. too. But yeah, I, I laughed mostly at those two throughout. I loved when he like rolls off of his... Uh, He's looking at seeing what Charlie Brown's doing. I keep wanting to call him Charles Brown. Well, I I'm mean... Very formal. Well... What's her name? Marcy calls, calls Marcy, him Charles. Marcy calls and him Pepper Charles. Pepper Patty calls him Chuck. But he he rolls off the the the, the doghouse and then he like sticks his ears up out of the snow. I've and got like, that. Like yeah, a submarine. Like a submarine. It's yeah. really funny. Um. So then Charlie Brown's at a baseball field and I liked this bit where he builds a snowman and he's like going to pitch it and mm-hmm. Snoopy is the coach and he's giving them the sign and then all of a sudden the snowman hits the snowball that he pitched and. And you reveal that Snoopy was under the snowman. There's a lot of, like, Snoopy sneaking around. Yes. Which I think is kind of fun. Um, so then we find out that there's a new kid moving in. And everyone assumes it's a boy. Both the boys and the girls mm-hmm. assume it's a boy. Um, and they're kind of wondering what he's going to be like. And then this is where we first see the thinking bubbles with the comic books that Ryan mentioned. Uh, and then they all go to school the next day and it's no dogs allowed. So there's this whole bit of Snoopy trying to sneak into school, like, through the air vent, through the window... He's trying like all these different mm-hmm. ways, and then Linus has. Well, shown- it sounded like Mission Impossible. Yes, when he opened with up the, the music, air, it was like a mm-hmm. bongo, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so eventually he gets kicked out, and he gets thrown into a dumpster, and he finds a typewriter, and that's how he starts writing stories. And what happens is Linus has the Red Baron, that's going to be his show and tell, and it starts 
flying around uncontrollably in the classroom and then it goes out a window and so that kind of starts the Red Baron story and we see this story off and on throughout mm. where Snoopy's writing chapter after chapter and it's being narrated by Lucy. I have a question. Lucy's voice. Do you know anything about the Red Baron? Because it's a real person. I knew that. I think. but Well, I knew it was based on, it's World War One, yeah, right? Like uh, but I don't story. know, I, I don't know anything really past that. They, uh, I also, there's this song like Snoopy's yes. Christmas Flight or something yeah. about that, but mm-hmm. that's all. I feel I feel like we could have like so much more information on Oh, peanuts, I'm sure. But. Yeah, there's so much we mm-hmm. could probably research about that too. Um, and then this is where I wrote their hair. Listeners, uh, you will probably know if you've heard the Little Mermaid episode, I obsessed over hair. And I will continue to obsess as the animation gets better and better. Uh, But the hair in this was fantastic. Everyone's hair was so detailed and so unique. I really liked the the attention to detail they had in the hair. I don't know what you thought about it, but I really enjoyed it a lot. Well, I thought it was really cool because, like, you look at uh, Lucy's, let's say, and Lucy's, like, the same shape as it is in there, but when they zoom in, you can see the You can pieces. see each individual yeah. strand, and Linus... It has big pieces that look like the drawing, but then when you get closer, like... Yeah, it's all individual hairs yeah. again. Yeah, it's really cool. And the one girl who has the naturally curly red hair, mm-hmm. and then it goes straight when the Red Baron flies through it, like, that was a really cool bit as well. There's a lot of characters, I feel, from Peanuts that I go... Oh, it's that one. But yeah. I don't know. Like Violet. I learned her name was Violet. Violet and, this, and Patty. The one who does the this dance. Yes. Like, left. And yeah. And she just kind of like bobs her head. Uh-huh. I lo- I, I, they do, at one point, spoiler, all the dances. And it's just Yeah. It's and every wonderful. time that they shout, like when there's a quiz or something, you know, all their mouths are wide open yeah. and you don't see their eyes or their faces. Uh, so then we see who the new kid is. And it's the redheaded girl. Uh, Did she ever get a name? I don't think so. I, I, I'll be honest. Again, I didn't. I think you may have even read the comics more than I did because you remembered some things that I didn't that yeah. were in the movie that were in the comics, but I don't know that she ever gets a name in the comics. Well, I, she didn't get a name in, in this. Yeah. There's literally a part where they're pulling names to see who can be on a same uh, book, report. book report, and Charlie Brown pulls it out and goes, the little redhead girl, red-haired girl, and I'm like, is that what it says on the piece yeah, of paper? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... He's like head over heels for her. This is where all the hearts happen above him and they're taking tests. And, uh, you know, it's the last minute and him and Peppermint Patty haven't finished and they run up and they clock heads and they quickly have to write their name on tests. And it looks like their tests have been swapped and that kind of comes back into play later. Uh, And then we have Charlie Brown in the nurse's office and he's explaining to this kid about how he's how he's in love and what that makes him feel like and he's describing all these symptoms. <laughs> it's like weirded out by Yeah, him. and then eventually leaves. And then Snoopy comes back with the typewriter and he's like fighting with Woodstock and there's another little like comedy bit when he's trying to get the typewriter to work and all of that. And then there's a lot of physical comedy with Woodstock and yes. Snoopy. So I don't know that we're going to mention them a whole lot yeah. here but just so everyone knows they're a in the movie a ton and they're great and b they're they're probably my favorite part yeah and it's him on his doghouse yes so for the majority when they're do, doing this banter do you remember in like arrested development when they kept playing the christmas time like for george michael and he'd get really upset and he'd walk oh, away yeah. like that and then one time they zoomed out and there's like a red doghouse with like a beagle on top of it. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that on there, but I just love it. Um, 
hearing that music always reminds me of the holidays also because we have the vinyl mm-hmm. of that and so we always play it uh but yeah the red baron flies by as snoopy and woodstock are bantering and that's what uh kind of it's it's inspires i don't know if inspires is the right word but that's where he starts writing the story about the red baron and ace you know and him you know uh combating and competing with the red baron so then charlie brown starts sneaking around because he sees the redheaded girl is home i think he has her pencil so she has this really sparkly pencil with a feather on it that he winds up getting because it rolls back to his desk at school and so he's gonna go give it back to her and this is where Snoopy is like a submarine with his ears yeah. in the snow because Charlie Brown's sneaking and then Snoopy sneaks. And then there's another part where Charlie Brown is afraid to go over there. So he's back at the house and he peers out the window and Snoopy's in the mailbox. Yeah, she well, like Snoopy's just next gets, to him. She, yeah. And then he goes, I have to be cool. Play is cool. And all of a sudden Snoopy pops out of the mailbox. Out of the mailbox the and he freaks out. And so he keeps like looking at her and she lives across the street from him. And so there's kind of this whole back and forth. He goes to ring the doorbell. He gets nervous. He winds up going home and keeping the pencil and kind of putting it in a drawer. A drawer with nothing else in yeah. it. Like a huge drawer for clothes that he apparently just keeps empty. Yeah. And then Snoopy again goes back to the typewriter and he starts writing a love story with Ace, the Red Baron as the villain, and Fifi, mm-hmm. uh, who is flying her own plane. And so then Charlie Brown goes to Lucy for advice. And this is this is very... Iconic, which is her psychiatry five cents. Yes. Uh, you know, the doctor is in. And so he's trying to get advice. And she gives him this book, 101 Ways to Become a Winner. And we were wondering, did Lucy write that book? I, I don't think so, but I don't know. Um, well, the in advice it was, felt, it was so very short. It felt like something she might have written. Maybe, yeah. Um, so he's starting to read through it. And the first thing that happens at school is there's a talent show. And he's like, oh, that's how I'll get her to notice me. I'll win the talent show. So he's practicing magic with Snoopy. And, uh, and they're good is, at it. Yeah, and their act is pretty good. Um, and I love later when he taps it and Snoopy jumps out and he's got like the full like Vegas the headdress. Death. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sequin hat and everything. Yeah, feather. Yeah, and he's trying to practice the pull the tablecloth from under the, the table setting and every time it messes up and then when he's backstage and he has to hurry and get the tablecloth he does it with no problem and he's like come on (laughs) but the reason he uses the tablecloth is sally his sister's been practicing to rope uh and she's got a mop for a horse and she's gonna rope a a cardboard and the kid you're real texas just calling it roping roping uh she's good with that lasso did you ever refer now boy i haven't thought about this in a long time we used to call you know how you had like at school there's those guys are the jocks and those are the mm-hmm. the skids or whatever i don't know what a skid is but okay <sighs> that, that's that's for me watching letter kenny it's the meth heads and letter kenny oh, um no we had like pretty much just the jock like we didn't have like names the for jocks each, but... so we had like the band kids and yeah. stuff like that. we we referred to anybody who was at the ffa as ropers oh that's funny and could... for those who might not know what ffa is <laughs> the future farmers of yeah. america like it was you know i'm in texas so it's the people who are like the, the hicks but they're yeah. like the ones who always tuck in their shirts and mm-hmm. and probably did farm work before and after school y- y- maybe not that much in plano but they were definitely oh, yeah. f- like they were maybe like first generation off the ranch, mm-hmm, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, so moved so she, to this, the big city of Plano. Oh boy. Uh, but she's practicing, uh, and then she goes out on stage to do it, and like the kids are kind of making fun of her, and nobody's really into it, and they're going to cut her act. And 
one of the kids says, you know, it's your act or hers. Like, we don't have time for both. We either have to put the curtain down on her so you can go up or let her finish this out. Because Charlie Brown's like, she has a big ending. So he takes the tablecloth. He dresses up as a cow. He goes out there. Snoopy goes out there and becomes her horse. And it's like this whole comedic bit. And it's really sweet because it shows, you know, how caring Charlie Brown is. And she thanks him. She says, thanks, big brother. Yeah. Um, and it's a really great scene. It's It's really, really good. Uh, so then next there's a dance. Peppermint Patty calls Charlie Brown up and like is giving him all these details. Now I remember the thing with the cupcakes is cause he had to bring refreshments. Yes. Um, so she calls him up and all those and, and tells him about it. And he's like, Oh, if I learn to dance, cause he sees that the redheaded girl is practicing dancing in her living room. So he's like, she likes to dance. So I have to learn to dance. So Snoopy teaches him how to dance, which is also great. Uh, and then as they zoom out, I love this shot where you see both shadows in the snow of Charlie Brown and the redheaded girl dancing. They're both in their living rooms, but you see their shadows kind of reflecting out in their yards yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. both practicing, which is really sweet. So then it, we go to the winter dance contest and it's kind of boys versus girls and the yes. redheaded girl wins. And Snoopy shows up with the Joe Cool shirt. And I think I had a Snoopy Joe Cool shirt <laughs> at some point. He shows up. He's really cool when it's the boys' turn. Um, and then Charlie Brown dances. And he's really good. Like, he's practiced. Everybody's really impressed with him. And then he slips on punch that was spilled. Uh, and he winds up falling down. And his shoe hits the sprinkler. And the other thing that we got a kick out of at this point, the sprinkler gets on pig pen. And he gets clean. And then the girl... Well, he, there's this one girl, Patty. Her name is just Patty. Not Peppermint Patty. Yeah. Just Patty. And she digs Pig She's Pen. into him, yeah. And so she's dancing with him and he gets clean and she goes, do I know you? Yeah, like, yeah. So that was another little fun bit. But there's all these bits where they're like, who wants to pair with Pig Pen? And she's like, I will. Like, I like that they weren't like, ew, gross, Pig Pen. Like, yeah, yeah. And they all like, even at the end, like when they see the redheaded girl off to summer camp, they all seem... More like a family in that moment, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. really sweet. Uh, so then we cut back to the Snoopy and Fifi story. And I don't really have notes for that. I just know that it cuts back and forth. Uh, and then this is the teaming up for the book report that Ryan mentioned. Linus yes. is pulling out names for people for the... Or no, everybody goes up. Linus pulling out names is later on. Yeah. So everybody goes out to pull a name out of the jar. That's where he gets the redheaded girl. And he's like, oh my goodness, like, she's visiting her grandmother back east so his idea is i'll write the book report for the two of us like i'll do it for her and while that happens we also find out that charlie brown gets a perfect score on the test and if you remember the test kind of got switched up when he wrote names so everyone's surprised he's surprised and so everybody starts obsessing over him and he becomes like this celebrity where like everywhere he goes like kids are wanting his autograph sally starts like a tour in the house of like this is where he sleeps this is where he eats sally sells merch especially when they're heading up to the assembly which is some great merch and i know i i think maybe it's not berry farm but like they the, the peanuts appear at some different kind of usually independent amusement parks Mm -hmm. and i would love to go someplace that had a charlie brown balloon yeah and it's It's just his head it's not just that those ones have ears like they have like it looks like charlie brown's head yeah and she's got mugs that have his yellow shirt design and he's selling shirts Mm -hmm. as well um so he goes to Peppermint Patty. He's looking for Marcy. He's like, I, I need to know, like, what's the greatest book written of all time? And Marcy has just read off a list. So Peppermint Patty will try to pick because they're partners. 
And she says, Peppermint Patty says, it's Leo's Toy Store. Uh, and you find By out. By War and Peace. Yes. And so you find out that she switched it all around. And so he goes to the library. He meets up with Marcy and he finds out it's War and Peace by. Leo Tolstoy. Thank you. Tolstoy. And it's on its, when it's laying down flat, it is twice, a half as tall as these kids. Yeah. It's so thick and so big. And so he goes home and he reads the entire book. He does it. He reads the book in a weekend. He writes the book report of a thousand words. He winds up writing it with her pencil, uh, which is really sweet. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, well, it was ink first, remember? And then the ink gets Went all everywhere. over the place and he wipes his hand on his shirt and it's the zigzag yeah. in red. Um, and then he goes and he gets her pencil out and he writes the book report. Uh, Leo, uh, by the way, War and Peace apparently was Charles Schulz's favorite book. So that's I love that. Probably some of yeah, it it's a there. fun nod. It's also the longest book of all time. So, <laughs> so then the, we cut to the assembly at the high school. So now um, the redheaded girl's back. The assembly happens at the high school. And when they give him a medal and they read this whole decree and everything and they give him his test... He realizes it's not his. Peppermint Patty had drawn like a smiley face and just filled in all the dots to outline the smiley face. Yeah. And so she's the one who got the perfect score. And he puts it in his pocket and he thinks about it for a minute. And then he admits that it was a mistake and this isn't my test. And, you know, and when he says it's Peppermint I, Patty's, she is passed out asleep, like snoring in the assembly. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I mean, they don't go against the character of charlie brown i feel like the simple thing in this story to do is to for him to skate on being famous for being smart for some of the movie yeah and that's just not charlie brown he wouldn't do that i think that's the point of this movie well and he genuinely thought he got a high score once he realized he didn't is when he but there's there's no moment of like there's very few moment of like maybe like it feels like he was always like oh i have to cop to this Mm -hmm, he's never mm -hmm. like yeah yeah um and so then they're out in the schoolyard and they're talking about the book report and the redheaded girl finds out that he he did it for her and she said that that's so nice. And he puts a bag over his head because he's so embarrassed <laughs> because of the assembly and like she's over talking to him and Linus. And he shows her the book report and the red baron flies by and shreds it into a million pieces. I really, this, because it never resolves like there's no because that's that so we must have gotten a zero on that yeah they must have not yeah because we thought maybe she'd tape it back together because she says good grief charlie yes. brown says good grief earlier i think he only well, says it once really I yeah because I, mean, I, just... I feel like i caught it i was surprised mm. that it only it didn't happen says more. rats a few times yeah like and another. then she says good grief there um when it shreds and then we cut back to the snoopy red baron story again and then now it's like springtime, I think, because there's a little kid who asks Charlie Brown, do you know how to fly a kite? And this is a really sweet moment where you kind of see that Charlie Brown's a really good teacher. He like teaches him how to fly a kite. He's like, oh, it's going to take you a really long time to learn. And then this kid's like a natural and he's flying the kite just fine. Um, and then it cuts back to Red Baron and the Flying Ace. And we realize, I think it's chapter seven, like Snoopy has written like multiple chapters now. Yes. The story as it goes back and forth. And Lucy's voice is narrating the entire thing. And we find out at the last chapter that she's reading it out loud and then doesn't think it's any good. And Snoopy kisses her a bunch of times where she freaks out about dog germs. So that's in here, too. Uh, So now we're at the last day of school. And this is towards the end of the film. And there's also a bit. They do it here, but they do a couple of times where where Charlie Brown picks his wardrobe and it's just the same shirt. It's all the yellow shirts. Yeah. 
Um, and so this is with the pen pal. So Linus is up at the front picking out names to find out. He's like, I'm going to say a name and you stand up if you want to be their pen pal. And he's only naming boys. And so he names Schroeder and he names Pigpen and then he names Charlie Brown and the redheaded girl stands up. So Charlie Brown kind of freaks out and he's like, I got to know why she picked me. Like, does she feel sorry for me? Does she Mm -hmm. actually like me? Like, I need to know. So he gets up the courage, gets a pencil, goes to her house, and it's the want again. It's Trombone Shorty. <laughs> and the mom, you realize, you know, she's going to summer camp. And whilst she's headed to summer camp on a bus, there's basically a carnival at the last day of school. So the kids are, like, doing all sorts of carnival-type activities yeah. throughout. So Charlie Brown kind Which, of... Which, why isn't that something that happens more often? I know. And also, I do feel bad that she was going to summer camp on the day of the carnival. She didn't right. get to enjoy any of that stuff. She but, seemed okay with it, though. Yeah. Charlie Brown takes his kite, and he's like, that's how I'll get there. And I, I don't understand how that got him there faster. I think it just, like, drug him. The wind was blowing in the right direction. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just... and Because it, it winds up landing at her feet, yeah. basically. Uh, and so he tries to give her... Or, no, before he gives her the pencil, he asks her, you know, why did you want to be my partner? And she goes... This this part was the one part that I was a little iffy on, because it's so, like, this is exact... Like, there's no subtlety to it. She goes, oh, it's because you did this at this thing, and this thing at this thing. And, like, we understand that. Oh, I didn't take it that way. It just felt very... It just felt very mapped out. And it's my one... I have like two gripes with this film and one is that specific part. And then the other gripe is like, it's kind of a lot like there's there. You eventually you get to the overarching story, but it just feels like a bunch of stuff happens, mm. but it's, I see that. I, I would say I, I disagree. The feeling I got from that moment, I understand where you're coming from with that comment. But when that moment happened for me, I was like, Oh, this is really sweet. Charlie Brown really needs to hear this. Like he's so insecure. Okay. That, like, I think he needed to know, like, he thought the talent show was a bust because he looked like a fool. Remember, he's in the school newspaper being made fun of because he's the cow. Fair enough. And she says that that was compassion because you saved your sister. He's embarrassed at the assembly because it wasn't his test. And she says that you were honest. But that's what I'm saying. The way she says it is very... Yes, I know I it's very... I think it could have been written a little... Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I like the idea that she... What he sees isn't what everybody she else saw. sees. Yeah, so there's I a, like that. There's a part where Linus says, you have to realize that maybe you're a good person and people like you. Yeah, so and like she also too. says that he's brave and funny and sweet. Those mm-hmm. are the other three things she says. And so then the ending of the film is the comic strip. So it's all the kids um, kind of saying goodbye to the redheaded girl, and then it kind of fades out to the just the black and white drawings. Well, they pick up Charlie Brown on their sort yeah. of like, yay! Uh, and it's the black and white jo- drawing, and then... Schultz, we were both saying it with a T. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, signs his signature mm-hmm. at the end. So it was a really sweet way to end the film. Um, so I think even though this isn't a Disney movie, we should still do the questions. Yeah, we um, can do the questions. Uh, there isn't a villain, so we don't have to do the villain ranking. Uh, so, yeah, how was the princess, which is Charlie Brown? I really liked Charlie Brown. I thought they stayed true to who he was in the comics, and I thought, I thought it was... I liked the ending. I liked that all the things that he was down on himself about, he then realizes, oh, I actually like was doing really good things yeah. in all of this because I was true to myself and I didn't realize that. You I'm, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I think uh, you, you make a good point about being like, 
at the end of the day, even though he wasn't the coolest guy around, like he was a good person. And all the kids truly like him. I mean, Lucy is. I cruel think they give him, him a lot of grief, but yeah, Lucy's cruel to him. But even in the end, like Lucy celebrates him a little bit. And yeah, and well, in this one, they seem to think they seem to kind of imply that Lucy is a closet Charlie Brown fan. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, he, with like the they test, catch him wearing his shirt. That's like the when the test. She finally yeah. like admits, oh, he really is that smart. He got the highest test score at the mm-hmm. assembly. She's wearing his shirt from the merch yeah uh i'm gonna go ahead and say there's two princesses in here and the other one is snoopy because i oh my I, gosh snoopy's the best yes. part of snoopy's this. so good snoopy was always the best yeah. i think and they can they continue that and continue to capture that energy of that dog um how was the prince i guess the prince would be the little red haired girl and she was fine like part of the idea of her is she's mysterious and unattainable so we don't and off really, in the distance yeah we don't really see her face we see it once or twice until the very end of the film when he's talking to her face you get little glimpses at it but she like flat out turned there's a lot they set the camera up so that you see charlie brown and she's in the foreground yeah or linus or, walks past her yeah. or another character walks past her so you just see her hair and i thought that was a cool bit a mm-hmm. way to do that um, how was the sidekick? I, I mean, Linus, like you said, had just like a perfect Linus voice. Yeah. Lucy was pretty funny. Uh, Peppermint Patty and Marcy. I love Marcy. Peppermint Patty yeah. and Marcy. They're great. I really liked Sally a lot, too. I thought Sally... I feel like they didn't... They, they don't typically show them like the loving brother and sister relationship between them in the original comics. Like, it's just kind of like a pestering you know not bad but this one i really really like the scene where she he like was compassionate to her her, he he, he helps her out and she's like thanks big brother you know like yeah that's a moment we don't see a lot and Mm -hmm. it's a sweet moment and Um, i think it was done well favorite musical number i i think we should talk a little bit there's like some poppy songs in here Mm -hmm. and you said like you know they definitely sound like 2015 songs but there's also a lot of they fit the vibe of the film i i usually don't like that when that kind of music is mixed in with something that was but i, think I will it say fit. my favorite dis one of my favorite disney movies wreck it ralph like has a bad version of that which is where they play shut up and drive yes. by rihanna when she's uh-huh. learning how to drive and i'm yeah. like Ugh. and there's not a moment like that like the no two that i like here, the song that I think they dance to at the dance, and it's reminiscent of like a '90s song with the lyrics. Oh, I but don't even remember if even I, I know can't that. remember what the lyrics were now. But I'll, I'll tell you the one I cued on on was when uh, Snoopy was trying to teach him to dance, and yes. he was doing Bombaleo. Yeah, that was that was probably the only one that we recognized besides the ones from the yes. older cartoons. Um, does it hold up? I, I don't think we had any. I mean, I think this one was actually G. Like, I know a lot of movies, a lot of animated movies come out, especially CGI animated movies come out, that are PG for, like, you know, some just of some... Maybe the jokes or the or writing. Some of the action, yeah. quote-unquote violence, that thing. This, you know, had was just fine. It was a pure G-rated movie, it's I think. It's like... Double, you, were... I, you know, don't... I'll have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure. But I would say it's like if you were to turn on the Christmas special or the Halloween special. It's very similar to that in the content and how the characters interact with one another. So would you, is this one you'd put in your collection or is this one you'd yeah, throw in I'd put in, I'd put it on the shelf. I'd watch it again. I, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's one I'd put on if I was like in a nostalgia mood or maybe after I watched the Christmas special, if I wanted a little bit more Charlie Brown, I would put this on. I would say one problem I have is that you put on a Christmas special, the Christmas special is about 40 minutes long. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's a good 40 minutes. 
this is an hour and a half, and it kind of like we were getting a little tired and spots. Yeah, so part of that is the mood we're in, and, and that some sort of thing. that is I will say the Red Baron scenes. As much as I really like them, you could have probably cut one of them out yeah. and shortened it a little bit in that way. Yeah, and I, I I think, but like this is like the third best. I think this is just as uh, uh, this should go up there with the Christmas special and stuff. It's, yeah, it slots in just fine, and it. Again, it's it's newer type of medium, but they did such a good job of making you go, yeah, this is computer computer animated, but like it, it, it you felt don't, it doesn't feel like yeah because of because they focus so much on his style of the original. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I would say too is it gives you that nostalgia that we got for Christopher Robin. You know, when we watched that yeah, yeah, remake, yeah. this isn't necessarily a remake, but it has that feel to it because it's using something that's nostalgic. And kind of giving it new life. Um, so it has a similar feel to that. Well, yeah, guys. Uh, I, we hope you enjoyed this little detour on our path. and uh, On our Disney trip. On our Disney path. trip. We really enjoyed it. Uh, hope you did, too. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.